why they just don't show me what I wrote. <laughs> so irritating right now. <laughs> so irritating. All right. I mean, I could always have it on my phone, too. Yeah, I mean, I'll look on it my, on my phone as well, too. So what are we going to do? You take, you lead. Yeah, we'll do it like, okay. we, like, we, like we always do it. And, and just, just be whatever comes to your head. Like, that's what, the, it's not, this is not formal. Uh, podcasts that are formal are, are boring. You're not um, muted. I'm not muted. Are we live right now? Yep. Yeah, we're live. And I'm sharing. Test, test, test. It's, it's all muted for me. I'm muted now, Jen. Jack didn't mute me. I did. No, I muted All right, let's share this. Now. I think I'm live, too. Are you able, Jen, to see if I'm sharing it properly through your channels? Because I shared it.
All right. Welcome to the Wellness at Your Home podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Yes, sir. We are here. Episode three. Episode three. Yep. Yes. And this is a this is exciting. We have a, a, a very uh, special guest with us this evening. Someone who uh, Jack's known his whole life, right? He's been my roommate for 22 years. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We're here with uh, uh, Deborah Hanlon. Jack's mom and intuitive meeting medium extraordinaire here in the, the Hudson Valley. So a lot of you guys who are watching uh, um, have got to see a lot of what Deborah does. So this is going to be pretty pretty interesting here because uh, you know this is the the, the first time I'm I'm I'm, I'm in, we're interviewing uh, someone who's uh, so close who's so who's so who's so close. So yeah. um, you know no again like always no. No, no agenda here. Everybody sort of knows the deal about what we're, what we're doing here. Everybody knows we're so we're a wellness-based store based in Beacon, New York. Uh, Jack, not only my co-host but also the manager here at the store. Um, you know, uh, you know, Jack and I when we we first met we thought it'd be a great idea to have a podcast focusing on on wellness. You know, we sell wellness-based products, um, and then this sort of uh, came out of a bunch of conversations, and and here we are now. Um, Deborah and I have probably known each other a good eight or nine years now. Um, met Deborah initially through my wife Yvette, and uh, for those of you who who don't know Deborah, and I'm sure there's a uh, few few people that don't know um, who she is or, or what she does. Maybe you can sort of just explain to people, you know, what is it what it is you actually do. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And thank thank you. you, Jack, for, for doing this, because this is a new dynamic for yeah, you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Anytime. Um, and it, it's always hard. Every time I'm asked, like, what do you do? How do you, you know, that's always, I, I don't have the same answer every time, because it's it's hard every single time. I was just somewhere the other day, and they said, and what do you do for a living? And I thought, oh, God, you know, here <laughs> we go. So it's never an easy question to answer. Um from what people perceive what I do, I talk to the deceased. <laughs> That's what people's perception is. What the reality is, is that I'm able to pick up on energy in the form of sometimes information, messages, sometimes just in the form of, of emotions and thoughts and trajectory. Um, sometimes I pick up on what people have, where they have blocks and, you know, it's, it's a talent. It's hard to explain how I do it. Um, I do believe everyone can do it, but it's way more than just like speaking to dead people. That is that is just like the tip of the iceberg. And it's one of the things that people gravitate towards what I do because they're like, huh, that's interesting, or they have the need or desire to connect with a loved one who's passed. But what happens beyond that with personal development, personal transformation is what I really love to do and to talk about so you would say it's it started with people wanting to connect to the their, their, their loved ones that passed and sort of morphed into you now trying to help people I guess in some senses move on from that but then sort of take ownership of of their lives and how they can keep 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 on going absolutely in their most authentic way possible whatever ah, that means 
Fascinating. Now, for those of, of for those who don't know, you're you're local. You're from Orange County originally. You grew, you grew up in Newburgh, right? I did. Grew up in Newburgh, and did you go through the school systems in Newburgh as well, too? I did. I went to a private Catholic school and then to uh, NFA at Newburgh Free Academy. Oh wow. Very and nice. Mount St. Mary's College, actually. Also, <laughs> keep keeping it keeping it local all the way through. And when do you think you? So when did you first discover this this talent that you had? So there's kind of like different there's different ways to look at it. Um, when I really discovered this was when Jack was about four months old. Well, actually, before that, even I went being pregnant with Jack. I was having experiences that. I'd never had before, like dreams and visitations from my dad's dad. And that wasn't someone, like he died when I was three or four. It wasn't someone who was like prominent. I wasn't close with him. But I had a very, very significant dream where he visited me. And that was while I was pregnant or slightly before I was pregnant with Jack. And it never left me. Like it's still to this day I can go right to the dream and be like, wow, that was powerful. And then through his pregnancy, there was just a lot of like opening, intuitive opening is the best way I can explain it. And then about four months after he was born, I was at a funeral. And while I didn't really, I knew of the woman, obviously, but I didn't know her well. And I could just feel her. I could sense her. I just knew things about scenarios and situations that didn't make any sense. So it wasn't like I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can hear the deceased, I hear the dead. It wasn't like that. It was more like, oh my God, I need medication. What's wrong with me? I must have postpartum, something weird. Um, but looking back at my life now, I always had a deep fascination with the deceased, not in a depressing way, but just really a curious way of like, what is this all about? Why, why are we here? What are we here to learn? You know, I think there was always something bigger uh, than than what we what our eyes sort of see and ever since I can remember I would always like if I went to a funeral I remember thinking as a kid like no I know they're past but I know they're not and that's from very little like I had very distinct memories of just feeling like no one really dies it's so interesting now when you sort of you know, you were obviously looking back and you realized that you had sort of all these feelings and when you were younger, after you had Jack and you sort of had this realization that, you know, something something is like, you know, different here. Was it something that you were, I don't know, was it nervous about? Was it like, I'm just curious because I'm, you know, I obviously, you know, can't put myself in that same situation. I. I don't know what it would be like if sort of one day I woke up and I was like, <laughs> what is going on? It must have been, you know, I'm sure it was a process for you to sort of understand it. But, you know, in that moment in time, you're like, what, the fuck? what, what, what is this? <laughs> um, yes, I definitely, like I said, I, I definitely think like, I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I just had a baby. Maybe something's wrong with me. So there was that. But there's also always, since I'm very young, a very underlying current of, assuredness about energy and about life and what's really important. And that doesn't mean I don't get caught up, caught up in all this stuff that's not important, but there was always a really deep awareness of more, mm -hmm. you know, what's more important. So, so you, no, it wasn't unnerving. There wasn't unnerving. So you said, you say you think a, a lot of, so a lot of people have the capability to, to do what you do. It's just a matter if they can get in touch with that with that part of it. Totally. I think it comes down to desire. If you're interested in learning, 
and and really opening yourself up to stuff that is just not our typical way of living, then you can absolutely do this. If I don't think it's like a light switch, it'll go on or off for anyone. Just because they're interested, it does take introspection of self first, and from there, I think everyone can absolutely access this. It's 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 absolutely fascinating. I mean, I remember. Um, I don't even know if I ever ever told you this, but I think um, it might have been my aunt and my cousin. They had had been to a gallery, you know, back in like 2016 or something like that, and then uh, they had taken my mom to a gallery, and then something came out where you know uh, my 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 grandfather ended up coming out. Uh, to them, and uh, you know, it was for me. I'm like, God, oh, it was so so. I was never into this type of stuff, or sort of having uh, didn't have a real understanding with it. But I'm like, God, oh, this is really really interesting. And then Yvette went for a uh, her first one, and then she's like, You really should, you really should go and try it. And I'm like, Really, really, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, because it's so outside of 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 who I was or who I am. Um, but you know, in meeting you, um, it's you know, it's become quite the opposite. It sort of opened my eyes to so many different possibilities. And, uh, you know, it's really uh, an amazing gift that you have. And when when people really open their minds to, to hearing what you're saying, not in terms of, like I said, just talking about people that have less, left us, but your messaging um, on life, um, sort of uh, managing, you know, all the things that you can be by just sort of, you know, working through it it's it's a really amazing thing and I'd be curious for you Jack too as you know we're sitting here you know talking to your mom you obviously know what your mom does yeah um now see look I'm interviewing you at the same I'm time here. also yeah. let's go look at this because it's 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 fascinating we were you know Jack and I were talking about this at, at one time you know you sort of you're growing up as a as as a, as a kid and you know your your mom is a, a medium that people that people know so mm -hmm. you know you guys would go out or or whatever. What was that? What was that like um, growing up with, with someone with that would consider this is sort of not a a, 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 a normal. You know, she's not an accountant. No, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> teacher. Yeah. I didn't even really know what she did until like recent, like five, six years. Like it's been because I was like, mom's going to work. Okay, cool. Check it off. You know, nothing cool. But actually, damn, I hate to say this, but when I was doing like thinking in my head of how we're gonna go about this, I was like list listing your accolades, like author. Um, and I was like, damn, she is pretty freaking cool. Because <laughs> everywhere we go, it's like, your mom's awesome. Can you do what she does? And I'm like, I don't even remember if I put the dirty clothes in the dryer yet, man. Like, no, I can't do this. So it's definitely, it's definitely, it's different for sure. But I, I haven't, the more I sit down and think about it, like I was with, in California with my grandpa, and he's like, you know, your mom's the coolest one in here, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she actually is. Like, it's kind of weird. So it's definitely, it's been normal my whole life. Like everything you're talking about, I've just been like secondhand, so I can't even like, you know, describe it. But it's it's definitely got some got some pros and cons for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, the when I realized like, oh crap, okay, my mom's pretty cool. Is when you were gonna have a TV show made, and we had a camera crew following us everywhere, waking up, and I walked into school, and they had this guy in the backseat with a huge <laughs> camera, like looking at me. Um, walking into school and it was just normal like my mom's getting a tv show made and we're going to school and the, the security guard was like you know there's people recording you come in here so they took me in the principal's office and sat me down I was like what the heck's going on why are you being recorded into school and I told him and I remember the principal was like 
who's your mom? What does she do? And I told him, and then he's been like following her for a while now. So it was kind of that's when I realized like, oh yeah, this isn't normal. This is definitely different. So, yeah. Now, how do you? Um, is there a process? Because I, I mean, this is something I've always been curious about. Like, when you're when you're out in public, um, and you sort of have all of this go and life and people's energy going around. Are you are you able to sort of shut it down so you could sort of just go to the grocery store? Totally, okay. totally, totally. I think that's a big piece of the the ability, and I think it's a big piece of mental health. <laughs> you know, I think anyone who says they can't turn it off has something else going on, and that's something that you need to get a hold of. So I'm not kind of, I don't ascribe to in all these TV shows that they are constantly bombarded. I don't think that's normal. Um, going back to like you, all you and your brothers, like I, first of all, nobody really talks about what they do for a living. You know sure. what I mean? I'm sure you don't go home to the kids and talk all about everything, <laughs> no. you know, because kids don't care. You no, know what I mean? Don't. Teachers don't go home and tell their kids about what their class did. So it's kind of the same thing of like, yeah, I didn't even realize because it's not talked about in our house. It's not like I have rituals that they need to follow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by any means, except maybe put the clothes in the laundry. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I can shut it off. And then every once in a while, and it's not often, there will be what I call, they break my fire wall. Mm -hmm. And it happened last night, actually, Greg and I went to a pizza place in Marlboro. So give the, I don't remember the name of the pizza mm -hmm. place. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And I never share what I feel just because I don't think it's ethical to assume that people are ready to hear what I have to say. I always have a kind of a deal of like, if somebody's curious, they need to come to me. But last night when we left the pizza place, I said, oh my God, Greg, like, I know that there's, and I rattled off the information that was coming through. And he was even like, yeah, like, that's not typical for me. Interesting. Yeah. So most of the times you can, and if, but there's an occasional... Uh, exception to uh you know it's just somebody that's just say, not taking no uh for an answer totally for some reason i'm i'm aware of that energy and you know i should take it as a sign of like say something but i've done that in the past and that has never worked <laughs> so or it, i don't think it's a good practice so i don't yeah i mean i could i guess you know i can imagine it, you know you have something to tell somebody but it could it could be an awkward um interaction totally because how do you say it you know hey by the way yeah <laughs> real, real quick <laughs> yeah it's not it's not easy but I also think on an ethical standpoint like not everybody believes in it and it's certainly not my job to assume or make people believe um so I I do believe that people have to come to this versus being led to it. I think people, any sort of spirituality, people need to come to it versus being led to it or through it. So that's where I come from of, you know, I'm not going to say anything because they didn't ask me to. Sure. No, no, yeah. that definitely, that definitely makes uh, a lot of sense. We have um, your book here in the, in the presence of, of, of proof, which everybody can get on amazon.com yeah. as well too. Um, take me through what the book is about. So the book is about a little bit about my background and how I came to be with all of this, a little bit about um, my philosophy on the other side, and which is the worst phrase we've ever created. I use it because everyone's familiar with it, but there is no other side, which makes it feel like our deceased loved ones are further away from us. That's not the case. Um, so it's a little bit about my philosophies, my backgrounds, and then also how 
you can tune into this energy knowing, hey, this is how it works. So it's a little bit about everything. Oh. And I, I titled it in the presence of proof because I'm very proof driven. I'm not somebody that believes anything just on faith alone. I wish I was, but I'm not wired just to believe, just to believe. And I think it's a beautiful skill that people have, but I'm not wired that way. I, I need proof. Show me proof. And every time I do either a group reading or personal reading, I say to them, prove it to me again. Prove it to me again. Prove it to me again. 20,000 readings, and I'm still saying, okay, prove it to me again. So I named it in the presence of proof because I'm in the presence of proof of an afterlife and of consciousness living on forever. Every time I sit down with someone, I'm getting proof. I know I don't know people. I know I have no idea about their lives, but then I do. So I get that proof every day. No, and it's uh, interesting. I mean, you and I have had, have had conversations about that as, as, as well, too, how, you know, it's, it's, you know, I also am, you know, envious, not even envious of it, but, you know, there's, there are people that have, that have faith and that can, that just know, um, and that's much tougher to, to grab onto. So, you know, when you say, you know, in the presence of proof, you have, you, you, you feel it and you see it every, every day, um, which I think gives some, um, you know, I think people, uh, like that about you is that, you know, you're, you're, you're coming at a place you're like, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this, this is, this is, this is, this is real. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling and seeing this on a daily basis with what, with what I, with what I do. And that definitely gives you, um, you know, a, a a lot of lots day when we can say you know oh my god that's that's you know i'm seeing this every single uh day it's absolutely uh, fascinating um with all that what, how, how long did it take you to write the book oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's an embarrassing um probably about six years and it wasn't obviously in a straight shot but it took me a really long time for a number of reasons life was busy raising three little ones um, but I finished the book at a time in my life that it was really challenging. And I remember thinking to myself, if this book helps one person get some sort of perspective, then it's done its job. And I've always wanted to write a book since I'm very little. So I just wanted to it's cross off my bucket list type of thing. Um, and after I did the final draft, I realized the book helped me. And I realized I was the one person that I needed the book to help, which was really cool. It came and I was like, oh, it's done its job. So anything else, if anyone reads it and receives something out of it, it's like gravy to me. You know, it's, it's exciting when I hear people and their feedback and the questions, but it's already done its job. That's interesting. Now, we, we, had, we had talked about, um, you know, we have um, uh, Dr. Rick Huntoon coming on uh, next week or January 5th, whenever... Whenever that is, and that's, I tell everybody, you know, uh, that's somebody that you recommended to me when I was going through a lot of issues and not, and not, and not feeling well. And um, when one of my first um, meetings with him, he recommend recommended a book, uh, Conversations with God, uh, with me. And then I had told you uh, about about that and how Neil Donald Walsh, um, the author of that book, um, is it's for me it was actually a very a very tough read, but he's a fascinating uh, individual. Um, and for those of you, why I'm bringing this up is because it, for me, what I got out of the, out of the book um, is, you know, something so very simple, but so very profound because, you know, people talk about, you know, why is there death? Why is there, why, why do kids get sick? Why are these, oh, there's so many bad things in, in life and sort of 
you know, my basic understanding of the book, well, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Without, without, without bad, there wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, there has to be the, the, the opposite in order to know what that is. So um, I know he's somebody that mentors you personally. Yeah. What, sort of what is it about him uh, that, 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 because I find him fascinating. I, I, I watched the movie, which is like, it's like a 90s. It's so cheesy. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit cheesy. It's, it's like a 90s <laughs> lifetime totally. movie, but, it, but, it, but, it, but, it, but he's a, such a fascinating individual. And like I said, I know you sort of work with him. So for those p- people who don't know who he is or what he's about, like what does he do for you? Oh. Someone that you, as a mentor to you. He, I, I call him my spiritual father <laughs> because he is just genius absolutely genius and I've told him that and he's no 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 I just listen I just pay attention he he is who he is as he presents even in his books which is pretty cool um he's just someone who is brave enough to share this dynamic experience that he had with what he called God he was not a God uh person who believes in God and through his life story which the movie and a lot of his books address he came to realize what God is and then started writing down his conversation. So for me, he is, I mean, I read his book probably when I was first like 13, 14. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he's, I've been following him forever. I just actually bought another book. It came yesterday from Amazon. Um, but he's just pure genius in the, in this field. You can't help, but at, he makes you think, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if anything else, he, he doesn't want to convince anyone of anything. He's just sharing his experiences. And something he taught me that I've, I've used a lot is willingness to be wrong. And that is such a powerful way of looking at all this, this willingness to be wrong. Like I have such a firm sense of all of this based on experiences, based on the 20,000 plus people I've talked to over the years. And yet, I can still be wrong about all of it. And he fosters and encourages everyone to be willing to be wrong about all of it, which really opens you up to the curiosity and the truth of it all. So he's just brilliant. Interesting. I need to he's, call him today. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's 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 absolutely fascinating. I have to move on to his his other books uh, now as well as well too, because again, his his whole his whole take. And you know, when I first read it, I'm like, hmm. Okay, you know it's it's a lot to 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 take in, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, a very interesting um, interesting take. That's for that's 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 for sure. Have you uh, have you have you read that book? I'm not, no, she no. recommends a lot of books, and I I should read them. But <laughs> why, aren't you, why aren't you reading well, the books? That one's I do read a lot of books, but not you know oh, I find them myself. Yeah, I try to find them myself. But she has some good recommendations. That's the thing I'm most. <laughs> Literally most excited with him is that, well, I mean, not the only thing by any oh, means. Oh, thanks. But, Appreciate that. But he's a reader. And again, naturally, like I do believe that people can't be led into these things. You kind of have to have an internal force that drives you towards things because that's authenticity. So he has a natural drive for unbelievably great reading. And I'm always impressed by that. Yeah, you, you. you always have a, a, a book. What are you reading right now? Um, what am I reading? Uh... Emotional intelligence habits. I got it at the airport when we were on our way back here. Okay. Or like twenty-two emotional intelligence habits. Some something along the lines of that. How how is it? 
It's pretty good. I read the first, I think I'm in chapter four, and then I just took a break since I've been back. I'm not going to lie. But um, in the airport, I was going heavy on it. But while we are on the topic of books, I do want to announce just to the people who are actually listening and not coming in from the beginning or the end, we have three copies of her book here signed at the front. Awesome. All you have to do is walk into the store and say podcast or I heard it from the podcast and you'll get it for free. So I just want to put that in there for all the real listeners out there. So, but with yeah. A, with a small intuitive message inside the book as well. For sure. Oh, for that's fantastic. Thank you for doing that. That's really awesome. Oh, wow. That's great. All right. So guys, remember, stop in and say podcast. And if you're one of the first three, you're going to have a, a, a really nice, uh, a really nice uh, gift and a, and a great and a great read um, with that as well, too. So I want to mention a couple things before we start going a little bit um, deeper into some other things. Um, everybody, if uh, all the information um, you can need about what Deborah does, just go to DebraHanlon.com. Again, DebraHanlon.com. I told you, you can get the, her book on, on Amazon in the presence of proof. Um, and then you're also um, doing a new thing now, or it's been for like the primary the past year, you're doing monthly memberships. So why don't you tell everybody about the monthly memberships and what they get for it and, and all that. Yeah, the memberships are exciting to me because um, membership is a monthly fee where you receive uh, weekly meditation, which I do believe for anyone, whether you're into this stuff or whether you're stressed, whether you work hard, whether you work out, whatever it is, every human on this planet needs to understand the art of meditation. And I teach meditation on Sundays in a very real world style, not in like, hey, we're going to sit in lotus position and <laughs> chant Om. It's not like that. Um, so the, they receive weekly meditation. Um, I do monthly grief support groups for those of you who are suffering with grief from a loss of any kind. That's from a death of a loved one, from a loss of a relationship, a loss of a friendship, you know, any kind of loss. Um, then we meet monthly monthly as well with what do I call membership chat and that's just when we just talk and if you have questions about whatever you know energy reincarnation Neil what whatever it is you know we just talk about it and if you want my view on it you get my view on it if you don't want my view on it you don't ask my view on it you share your own you know it's just an informal conversation and then you get galleries and um, discounts on workshops and Priority appointments, you're the first people who, if you want an appointment, my members will get one that month versus having to wait online, you know, so a lot of different perks. That's great. Are you still, now, I think you said you have a online gan uh, gallery on January 3rd. I do. Which yeah. is, there's still some availability for that. Yes. Yep. So again, you can go to DebraHanlon.com and look for her online gallery at, on January 3rd. Are you still doing one-on-one um, -on -one sessions? Is that happening still? It is, you know, it's less than I had been for a number of reasons, but yeah, I'm absolutely doing one-on-one -on -one sessions. They're all over on the phone or on Zoom, of course. Yep. So again, everybody, DebraHanlon.com. You can uh, get all this information off there as well, too. I just want to get that done um, and talk about it so you guys can hop on there even while we're talking to see exactly what um, what Deborah does. Um, I highly recommend um, to, you know, if you have the uh, ability to uh, join um, her membership. It's a it's a it's a great a great program. Um, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And again, I'm not I'm not talking um, from from an experience. Deborah's uh, been uh, great with me and helping uh, me through a lot of different things as as well too. So I'm I'm talking to you from personal experience. Um, you know, very very uh, talented person with with great perspective on 
on life uh, and um, on uh, things uh, not in, in, in death and sort of whatever you're sort of struggling with. Deborah has some really good insight on, 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 on all that. You know, you have an amazing mom. I do. Here. I do. hundred percent. That helps. That helps a, a, a lot of, a lot of people yeah. uh, do. Uh, and you know, with her, with her, with her gifts. Now I'm curious too. So <laughs> is this, is this something like, do you, do you get intuitive with your family? <laughs> well, I was going to say, when you said you have an amazing mom, I'm like, he doesn't get to see the amazing part. <laughs> he sees the part where I'm like, why are there dishes in the sink? Or why is there that he gets the, the, the home mom version, which I think is the not as fun version <laughs> of myself. I'll even admit that. So it's, it's funny when, when people talk to my kids and they hear this whole other person almost. Yeah, you know, every show they're like, or how does it feel with your mom? Is it awesome? Like her gift's great, but try to lie to her that you did the dishes. It's not so fun. <laughs> That's always my little corny joke to go to, but every time. But no, it's she's she's a good mom for sure. She you definitely have good balance between work and home and unless you don't do the dishes. But other than that, it's great, you know? But again, I don't I, I think with, with parenting is yeah, like I always say, you guys never listen, you don't listen to my advice. But I also think that's the the role of a kid. Sure. Do you know what I mean? You're supposed to test boundaries and you're not supposed to just listen to parents. You're supposed to expand your world to other people's perspectives so you can find your own. So I don't have like intuitiveness with them other than I do know they will all fall into their patterns and places. One, because that's what we do as humans, especially when we do have support. And they will get, they have been exposed to what they need to be exposed. The fact that he picked a, picked a book on emotional intelligence, that, that says a lot. He's 22. Sure. <laughs> you know, and that was a, by choice. So these things rub off. So intuitively, I know they're fine, even though, you know, the mom and me, is up at night going, oh my God, I hope I get this right. I hope they're okay. Sure. But that's normal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those, one of those things. I think, like you said, you, your, your main goal, your main thing in life with them is to be their mom. Totally. And, uh, you know, it's also when people say, you know, oh, you're, you know, when somebody has a famous, uh, parent as an, as an actor or an actress, that kid is not, looking at them like, oh my God, look at what you do, where you have a really uh, successful father who's a big time CEO or, so yes, I, I, I agree. There's, there's a difference for, you know, what they're getting at home mm -hmm. and versus what you're, you're doing professionally. Um, and it's, you know, you don't, the kid, kids don't, kids are just kids. Totally. With they're that, supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. With that, with that, <laughs> with that, with that type of stuff as well too. Um, would you, I'm trying to like, what do you like where do you where do you where do you sort of um so you used to have a uh, a center in in Newburgh and then sort of covid changed the whole business model for what you're doing how how was how was it to navigate that and sort of uh you know did you ever did did you have a feeling or did you see where it was going to what it is now where it's morphing and everything like that how do you feel about that whole process Good question. Um, COVID definitely changed, obviously, so much for all of us. And I had a center before COVID for 13 years. And the center arose from after I was giving readings to people, I would wonder about them. Like, how did they make out? I wouldn't hear from them again for like another year. 
And the center came to be when I realized, well, people need more tools. They need more workshops on intuition, more workshops on self-awareness and all of that stuff. So I built the center. COVID, of course, kind of made me shut it down um, in the sense of it was time for me to take a break from that level of access to people. I was really getting burned out and I never would have pulled the plug on it myself, of course. So it gave me an opportunity to kind of take a big giant step back and look at what's working. And I've built a huge online community far beyond the Hudson Valley. You know, we have people all over the planet now. And so that's super exciting to me. And yet there's always that pull of still loving to work with people one-on-one and in person. So it's a balance. I still don't know where I'm going to fall with that. Will I open another center? Will I keep it online? You know, I'm leading retreats all over the planet. So, you know, those keep that personal touch. But um, I'm still on the fence of like what I need and where I need it. And it's, 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 you know, it's really funny how, you know, sometimes how, how things happen. It was, you know, COVID happened in a time where you said you, you sort of needed that sort of disconnect and it sort of naturally said, okay, enough. And when you, when, you know, we're now I'm forced to close the center where you said that might not have happened if, if COVID didn't come around. I mean, like, look, what you, what you deal with, you know, I, I sell pools and hot tubs for a living. It's, it's light, um, you know, you don't deal with light stuff. No. You deal with uh, death and, and issues. And, 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 you know, I always used to talk to you that I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I, I sometimes I'm like, I don't know how Deborah does it. I mean, it's just it's a lot to take on other people's stuff. And then for them to have the expectation that, you know, you're going to have all the answers. Yes. And, um, you know, I, you know, from the outside looking in, um, you know, I could, I could be, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really heavy. I'm like, oh my God, the pressure you must feel when somebody, you know, somebody, somebody sits down and, and spends money with you and sort of their expectations of what that is going to be. I personally think going in with no expectations is, is much better. Totally. Um, I think it allows, uh, the person to have an even better experience when they thought, I think when some people are so, you know, laser focused, you know, oh, I lost, uh, I lost my brother, I lost my father. And then they get in there and they're sort of like, you know, they're so lasered in there. They're, they're not allowing themselves to be opened up to everything else that you might have to, that you might have to, Absolutely. might have to say. Yeah. Um, so anybody that books something with Deborah, go in with no, go, don't, <laughs> don't go in with, and don't, in my opinion, go in with less expectations. Maybe don't know expectations, but go in with less expectations because you might be surprised on what you hear. How do you, how do you, how do you, as a person, how do you balance that? Because, you know, in terms of we're talking wellness here, right. you know, mental wellness, which after COVID has been, you know, it's been, it's been a tough road for a lot of people. I mean, people have always dealt with loss and that's always thing, but now we have this whole other aspect of, of, of what's going on. But how do you, how do you as a person deal with, with, with your own wellness and all this other type of stuff? So I drink, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Heavily. <laughs> start there. <laughs> Not that I recommend that. Um, That's great. But it is the, the what was so difficult pre-COVID was the expectation, more so that I put on myself, because I am selling, if you will, a, a thing that's very weird. <laughs> you know, I'm selling, hey, I can connect you with your loved one. 
And there's a part of me as a human that's like, well, then you better do that. And you better do it right. And you better get it pristinely perfect. And I'm a perfectionist in that way anyway. So there's an emotional perfectionism that you no one can live up to. So that was what was actually very exhausting to me. Um, and to me, it was like, you know, expecting a baseball player to hit a home run every single time he got on bat. Like, we don't expect that. We want that, but we don't expect it. So that was exhausting. And COVID really gave me the opportunity, like you were forced to step back, which was so needed. And I do believe that any time, and this is for everyone listening, any time you are taken out of a situation, like something is forced upon you, like you lose your job or um, a relationship breaks apart, whatever it is that happens to you, that's the universe's way of saying, hey, I know you can't do this for yourself. I know you won't do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull this from you so that you can recover, that you can come back stronger. And we never look at life that way. In 20 years of readings, I've never heard of anyone who lost a job, say, that didn't come back to me in a year that doesn't say, wow, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So sometimes we're very like, we're zoomed in and we see the moment of like, oh my gosh, I lost my job or I broke up with that person. But in the big picture, the universe is like literally, it really has your back. So we have to look at things in that way. So I I looked at COVID as that of the universe saying, it's all right, Deb, you don't have to be on 24 seven in this way. And now I'm being extremely intentional with how I move forward for my own safe, like sake and safety and mental safety and mental health and exhaustion and interest too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's changing what I'm interested in. I'm less interested in connecting people with their loved ones and way more interested in connecting people to what I say, the dead parts of themselves, because that needs, you know, to come back alive. So that's my focus. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's an amazing, uh, you know, message. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people can, you know, that, that analogy that you just said can be used for a lot of different things, but I think, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the, the past and, 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 and what was, um, and what they thought their life should be. Um, you know, one of the things that I think I've done a pretty good job, um, you know, since since meeting you and sort of diving into this sort of this 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 realm of you know different for me anyway. <laughs> the, the, this this realm is that you know there, there there's there's definitely a reason things happen, um, and there's definitely a plan um, that the universe has for you. Um, you know, I I just I I find it fascinating that you know i'm sitting here with you and your son right now in the, in in this moment and you know you know back in 2017 or 16 when we first met and how it's and how it's full circle and how you know your boys have become such a big part of my life um as well too so you know you know this it's like the 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 simplest little decision or 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 a, a big decision or a little it, it could be the littlest decision how that one little thing that you made can sort of that change the course of, 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 of what, you know, who, you know, or what you're going to, what you're going to be. Yeah. I it's mean, so fascinating. It is too. fascinating. We can look at life from that fascinating lens instead of the, this didn't go the way I wanted it. Why is this happening to me? Which is normal and human, but we can't get stuck there. 
And then there's a part of me that starts starting to, I used to say everything had a reason, everything has a reason. And I'm, I'm shifting that a little bit to everything has a reason when you make it have a reason. Like we are so powerful in our own lives. And the worst things we endure, we come out far ahead when we make something of it. Nothing good happens when we do nothing with it. So everything happens for a reason is more of everything happens for a reason when you make a reason happen. Yeah. 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 And that just puts us in the driver's seat of our lives. Like bad stuff is going to happen. Yeah. It's just we can't escape it. And that's not negative thinking. That's that's what life is. But our viewpoint on life and how we view it is essential to everything, to our to our complete well-being. When we think hap things happen for us versus to us, that just is a tiny shift of like, huh, okay, how did this happen for me? And you don't have to think of it right away, and you don't have to think it that way all the time, but I think we get so stuck in, oh my God, if only, if only, if only. And at some point, we do have to kind of take accountability and say, okay, I'm creating the reason why this happened. You know, I find it, I find it, um, I, do, I find it infuriating when 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 people live in in in, in something. Um, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that look, you have choices in life, and you have to, um, you know, make a decision, and you have to move past, and you have to you have to, you know, sometimes make make something um, out of nothing. Um, you know, like you said, bad things bad things happen, and you can't constantly live your life. Um, and, and be unhappy because of something that happened 20 years ago. You know, you're yeah. making a choice to live in that moment and not move and not move on. Totally. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing that you really have to take ownership of this, of this life that you're living and, and, and make the, make decisions and, and choose to move on from something because I mean, people can, people can just live in it and yeah. it's, I'm sure you deal with a lot of people that just live in it. Yeah, and I am guilty of it too sure. until I'm not, you know, where I, you know, get, oh my gosh, like I always say, I know better, but I don't always do better, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and I think we need to have a little self-grace, but also realize, wait a minute, our lives are a direct correlation <clears throat> to the way we think and the way we take action steps. It's a direct correlation. If something in your life is not going well, I guarantee with 100% certainty, no room for error, that there's faulty inner dialogue going on about that thing. So every time. But once you realize that, all right, then you have to start paying attention to, all right, what is my inner dialogue about money or about relationships or about whatever the issue is? When you start to realize, wow, I have this like negative discussion with myself about that thing, you're going to have to say, oh, hmm, no wonder that thing keeps not being good. <laughs> so you have to take ownership. And it... It takes a brave person to look at their stuff, you know, and that's 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 why I only want to work with people who are ready to to show their vulnerability to themselves, ready to, all right, let me see what I need to work on and get real and get honest and move forward because there's really no reason to stay stuck. There's definitely an exercise that we do that I think you should bring up for people who may need it, who are stuck which we did the other night with the, you know, word first thought. I think you should explain that. So someone, because to some people that's just words, like, but how do I actually go about that? I think it's important for you to also bring that up. So if you wouldn't mind Absolutely. telling our nighttime yes. 
and nighttime this, this, this activity. Is something, this is something that you guys. We did literally like two nights, three nights ago, a while ago. Yeah, yep. something like that. It's a it's super super easy exercise, and you take different aspects of your life, whatever you want. It could be friendships, relationships, family, money, career, self image, whatever, all of them. And all right, say it's family. And then you, you write the word family down and then you say, all right, what's the first thought that comes to my mind when I think of family? And you notice, what are those thoughts? If those are unpleasant words, and I don't mean negative, like negative isn't bad, which we've been taught negative means bad. It doesn't mean bad. It just means less favorable, mm-hmm. heavier. Um, if it's less favorable, then you go, huh, I bet you my thoughts, you know, there's a, your family life has some sort of glitch in it. If your thoughts are favorable, I bet your family life has wonderful enrichment. So if you write finances, what's your first thing about finances? Some people will say, oh, hard to live. Well, I bet you your life and finances are not easy and smooth. So people can argue this on me, but I'll, I'll work with people deeply on this as we did the other night. <laughs> And you get to start to see the correlation. You go, oh my gosh, who's the common denominator here? It's you. And that's where all power lies. The power of change, the power of power, and I don't mean power to control, but the power to make change. You realize, oh my gosh, I'm in charge, which is exciting and terrifying because you have to go, oh my God, I'm in charge. So what's not going well is because you're not having favorable thinking in that direction. That doesn't mean you you say, oh, I'm just going to pretend that I have good, you know, good finances. First, you meet yourself with where you're at, and then you start to pay attention. All right, where is my inner dialogue going with finances? Huh. Oh, wow. Okay, notice it for a week. Catch it. And then you can start writing a new script. You know, day by day, my finances get better, or however you want to change the dialogue with yourself, or at least shut down the unfavorable dialogue. Yeah, it's somebody, and it's taking ownership of the issue yourself. A hundred percent. And not crediting or blaming someone else for it. Yeah. You know, and all of our stuff comes, we all have, you know, conditioning and our parents are a big part of our, the way we think and see and perceive and our past is, and that's fine, but we can't stay stuck in blaming either because we'll just waste our time. It's really it. You do. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big waste of time. Huge waste of time. It won't get you anywhere. No. Yeah, no, you did. And, and I think I think that's a, a good message, too, because a, a lot of people will get caught up in, in you know, is uh, what somebody else did to me or, or that it's because of them that I'm in that situation. And when you finally take and say, OK, no, let's let's look at what I can control. Yep. And that's and that's me. And how do I move on from this from this situation? Totally. How do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel we're doing as a as a as a. As a, as a people. As a people. I, I feel like we're doing amazing. Okay. I think media loves to portray us as suffering and separated and distant, but I think people are waking up and realizing that their, their health, and, and I mean that in a their well-being way, is important. And if they're okay, then there will be wellness all, everywhere. So I know the media constantly portrays like everything is so bad. And yeah, things are weird for sure. But I really am only around people who care about people, who really want people to do well. 
they want well for themselves, people who want to help either their neighbor quite literally or strangers. So I think if we have this idea that the world is bad, then you have to start looking at where are you getting that from? Because it probably, unless you have an extremely extenuating circumstance where you're in a really bad situation, but if you're kind of living life day to day, kind of groundhog day, and you think everyone or everything is bad, then you have to look at what are you feeding into your psyche? You know, where's, what is your social media saying? Who are you hanging around with that's constantly negative? Because, you know, you have to look at all these, these components and go, all right, is this working for me? I don't think this is working for me. Because the world is going to be as you see it, point blank. I, I agree. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can live in, you can live in, you can live in the negative or you can choose to uh, not live in the negative. You know, it's just, it's, again, it's fascinating because again, we are living in a, in a, in a, in a very, a very weird time. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's any different. I mean, I think, I think we as, as people, beings, you know, however you see that we are, you know, everything, everything goes in cycles. I mean, is it, is it, is it, worse now than it was a hundred years ago probably not everybody everybody had everybody had problems everybody was was dealing with with loss there was wars going on you know people are people are people and uh you know we're constantly gonna have that that cycle but you know the that message that you're that you're you know, that you just have to try to live the best life you possibly can and you have to be responsible for you. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer, you know, my wife and I are, 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 are very similar um, in that regard is that we, we want to make sure that, uh, that are, that, that, that we're raising good kids um, that, 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 that are going to contribute uh, to the world in, 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 a, in a good way, be, you know, um, you know, it's, there's that always saying, you know, you want to be, you know, it'd be, just be a good person, you know, treat others like you would want to be, be treated. Um, and I think if if more people um, did that, and I think if more people uh, took the time to 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 speak to people and to and really understand what they're going through, I think um, you know uh, the the world would be a better a better place. I really, really do. I think we have access. We have more access than ever before. Before any any human being on the planet, and the hundred thousand years that humans have been on the planet that we know of. We didn't have access to people all over the world. So we have more access and awareness, but now we get to change lenses. Like, are we tuning in to the negative, the less favorable, the people who are really not doing much for themselves or the world? Are we tuning into people who can eat sandwiches at lightning speed? You know, just kind of, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, you've got to look at the content you're absorbing because that is a direct correlation of how you're going to be moving forward. And people will say, I don't know. I'm like, look at your social media feed. That will tell you a lot about yourself. And people don't like that. People, you know, will say, oh my gosh, my feed has, you know, people putting pranks on people that are unsuspecting and I, they think it's funny and it can be funny. But then also it's like, all right, where's the enrichment? Where are you learning? Where are you growing? Where are you contributing to others? that's when you want to start looking you know do you have a a feed that you see people doing good acts or are is your feed all of like of robberies you know on camera 
you know, if you want to watch robberies on camera, I'm, I'm guessing you probably don't have a good view of the world. You can't because you're absorbing this sort of inner dialogue and this this content. So we really have to get pretty clear and very specific on like, what do you want? Then start absorbing that and start unifying yourself with that sort of content. So obviously people can sign up for coaching with you to get more in depth, but I think it's important to give the viewers some type of knowledge here. So what are three, besides good social media, what are three little keys you would give somebody to kind of change their life to start going in that positive positive direction? Great question. You must Thank have you. an amazing mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I go back to the accountability piece. You know, people want to blame others and go outside of ourselves to dictate our happiness or our sadness. And it's never going to happen that way. We've got to look at our own stuff, our own accountability, our own inner dialogue, our past conditioning. We need to challenge our past conditioning, what works for us, what doesn't, um, and get really real and honest. And one of the things, um, actually, it's one of the things that what I love, one of the things of many that I love so much about Yvette is um, the idea that, people hate when I say this, but if we can assume that we are the problem versus other people are the problem, massive change happens there. Because now you're looking at accountability. I see in myself what I don't like in others versus casting this gosh, nobody cares about anyone anymore. Everyone's so rude. You know, I'm sure we've all said it and heard ourselves say it, but we need to go, okay, when have I not cared about someone? When have I cut someone off in traffic? When have I cut someone in a line? You know, we've done these things, maybe intentionally, maybe not intentionally, but we have to look at ourselves. That is so important and get honest and go, oh my gosh, you know what? Sometimes I am a shithead. <laughs> and and then realize, well, I can't be mad at someone for doing what I too have also done. I think that's important versus looking at I'd never do anything wrong and everyone else does because that's not accurate. So that's one. Um <laughs> which is a big one. Good answer. Yeah. That's a, I like that's it. a big one. People don't want to take the time to see themselves in that way. Um and then really finding things that bring you joy, things that you know you like to be busy doing. I I'm always busy, you know. Like I'm I'm never I never stop, and it's because I like that. I enjoy that. I love my work. I love reading about what I talk about. I love connecting with like Neil and people like Neil. You know, so find something that really brings you enjoyment. It doesn't have to be anything life-changing it could be somebody who wants to collect thimbles <laughs> you know what i mean like you probably don't even know what a thimble is From sewing yeah because oh, so wow. you never saw that at me my mom told me <laughs> <laughs> definitely not for me um you know but find a passion find something that really lights you up because not everybody can have the job that lights them up but not everybody needs it because everyone always says, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I agree with that. And also, I work like a dog. <laughs> you know, I never stop working. I happen to like it. I'm lucky. But maybe you have a job to support your life 
and then you have something else that lights you up. It doesn't always have to be the same thing. And I think, especially your generation, I think everyone is teaching your generation, just do what you love. But you're, you have to experience life to know what you love. So a job is a job. Hopefully you love it. But if you don't love it, then you, find, you balance that with something else you love. Good answers. Good answers. <laughs> I like them. Also, too, earlier you mentioned that there's, I mean, you it's what you make of it. Like I could be in homeless, but if I'm so happy, I could have a good life, you know. But there's definitely places on this planet where have more of a vibrant energy, more place. And where, in your opinion and your experience, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but where where would that be? Well, I always talk about California and how like so much I feel so much better and freer in California, but in Costa Rica, no, I <laughs> have never experienced energy that was so supportive and so all I kept, the only way I can describe it, and I understand my world through energy, is the moment that plane landed. And I was taking 20 women on a trip. I, it's not like I had time to like really pay attention to myself in any means. And I felt like my whole energy melted into the earth. It was extremely, to me, it was like mother nature's womb. And th that the energy there is just something I've never experienced. But there's many places around yeah. there. Damn, if only there was like a group trip where 20 women go with it. <laughs> oh, wait, there is. I think you should let people know. Because there is, especially in this area, there's a lot of people who are struggling with because it's cloud i mean we just came back from california it's palm trees it's Seasonal sunny yeah. people are wearing coats and it's 70 degrees out we're wearing shorts like and it's gray and gloomy here i think it's important that people should take the time obviously to look into themselves but there is an opportunity coming up where you can help them in a place of this mother nature's womb as you called it so i think you should let people know about that too as well why thank you yeah. would you like to come i would love for you to come yeah we'll, if you, if we'll you buy the ticket yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course we will have our our own trip for sure uh yeah i'm going uh there's two separate trips in march this coming march so uh the one week has i think one more room left and the other week i think has two rooms left so oh. it's very limited gotcha. seats okay yeah. but yeah. you can they can contact you they can contact me at debrahanlin.com and it's 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 magical and I, I don't use the word magical lightly. It's I don't, I'm not into like magical thinking, but it is a magical energy field. And the healers that we can be exposed to and the owners of this particular resort have an integrity and an honesty and a belief in what they do that is so in alignment with all of it. So now is there, incredible. is there, so is there a re no, I'm, I'm, I know the answer to this, but I think I do anyway, but. I mean, obviously, women are very drawn to this to this thing that you that you do, but I also think there's 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 a need for 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 men um, because you know men are typically a little bit more closed off. They hold things in inside a, a, a little bit. I think, and I don't. I'm I'm curious to see how many. I mean, I can almost guarantee that you know probably eighty percent of your clientele is women, and probably twenty percent or ten percent is 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 men. How do we how do we get men um, to be more open to to what you're 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 doing? I mean, I find myself to be to be very open, but I'm I'm the exception. I think uh, more than the more than the rule with that. I think it's very important for men to be able to talk about how they're feeling, um, talk about what's what's going on in life, and 
I think if there's some sort of message, I think that maybe Jack and I can to bring to bring through to um, other men. I mean, we we're, we're both speaking, and this is what I feel is very interesting about what we're doing here. Also, I'm you know I'm 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 44 years old. I've I've been through life a little experience, and you have Jack here who's just who's just starting out mm-hmm. on his journey. And I know I I tell him all the time because he's a. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but. Uh, you know, he's always, and again, it's not any different, but he's, he's trying to figure it out. And, you know, I try to tell him all the time, you got time, you got time, be in, be, be in the moment. You don't have to know what you're going to be, um, at this moment in time, but for us to get up here and, and, and talk about wellness, um, you know, uh, from the, from the physical aspect to the mental aspect of it all, um, it's really important for us to get the word about to, to men that they need to, they need this just as much as as, as women do. Absolutely. And I, I find it no mistake of the universe that gave, God gave me three sons because I learned a lot about men. And I, I grew up in a very female household with very no men, really. And to have my life completely surrounded by only men, which is a little bit a lot, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I've learned about males through raising my sons, and I, I get it now a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but I do think that generationally we are changing. You know, your generation is probably the last of the generations of males that were really kind of clamped down of, you know, being able to express emotion of any sort, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain. Thankfully, I do see the newer generation of males being more open to and certainly exposed to yeah, feelings are totally real and we totally have them and yeah, we can express them. And yeah, there's a different way that men express than, than women do. Um, so there's, it is changing. I do feel like that is changing, but what my clientele is mostly 98% females, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's usually the males that come in are, are the spouses of the females that, that come around. Um, I think it comes down to conditioning and what resonates. You have to make sure someone does speak your language and, you know, that gets you without having to, you feel that you're someone else, you know, so it's a resonance thing, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. Also, too, from my experience, it's the men at your shows that have the most, like, oh yeah, amazing experiences with you, especially there's one, I've been to hundreds of your shows, and, you know, they're all kind of a blur after a while, but I remember, I'm not going to say names or anything, but Silk Factory, the guy didn't oh, want, yeah. he didn't believe in it, didn't want to come in, turned around. Totally. Something told him to come. He came in, like, looked like a mess because he just ran in and was like, I don't know what to do. And he had, like, the most insane reading I've ever heard. So I think it, the men definitely are, like, they get the most powerful impact from it. Totally. I think you're 100% right. And I think that goes also down to expectations again because you're probably like, yeah, right, this is going to be garbage. And then when it's not, it's like, oh, my gosh. But I, I always say to Greg that, it's men who cry the fastest with me every time I can read a female and yes, there's tears of course, but men always will have like, Whoa, a physical response, which is such a beautiful thing. But I also think it's cause you're not expecting it. You're not expecting to have an emotional response, but I love that. You know, I think it's, it's time to foster that more in the male species. <laughs> Would you say in, 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 in your field of, of mediumship, is where, are there certain people that you, that you look up to that you sort of... Uh... Other mediums? Yeah. I love John Edward. Okay. And I really still love and adore him. I think he stayed with his integrity the whole time. 
Um, George Anderson is someone who is has good content. He's very different from the way I am in delivery. Um, but those are the two main ones that I'm mostly aware of. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. I can't. James Von Prague okay. is someone else who I really, really love. And it comes down to philosophy. You know, a lot of mediums will talk about, you know, evil energy and, and spirits that don't cross over. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. You know, there's no such thing. It's an interpretation based on probably religion, actually, that teaches us of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there is no such thing as evil energy and negativity on the other side. There's a lot of negativity and evil in our realm, but not when we die. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 one of your philosophies, and what you've seen is that there's no negative on the other. No, there's no, there's no scary scariness. It's it's a scientific impossibility because we are light, we are energy. That's a core foundation of what we are, and that's not even debatable. That is proven. And when we die, we lose this sheath called our body, and we restore to that light. No darkness can exist in light. So we are fundamentally born and are light. It's our human conditions that cause us to think in negative terms or do negative acts or, you know, the concept of lack causes us to rob people or, you know, do harm to people. So that's not a concept in energetic form that exists. It exists in this realm, but not in the other realms. So meaning in life. Correct. Not yeah. in death. Not in death. Nope. I think that's pretty. Um, I think that's pretty profound. I think a lot of uh, people listening will will take some peace from that. You know. You know. Because again, like you said, with with religion or with with all these other things, there's that. There's that. They had to institute fear um, into it, so you follow the so you follow the rules, totally. so you follow the rules. But now, you know, with people like yourself becoming more enlightened and sort of uh, experiencing that. That's, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty profound. And um, I think people will sort of take that look. There's, there's not no, no evil, no bad. When no. at the end, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that, that's, a, that's a good thought because again, people, um, you know, I think we as humans are inherently scared of what we don't know. Totally. Um, you know, like you brought up in the beginning is, uh, you know, the, the, that, that age old question, why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know what's 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 the what's the reasoning? What are we uh, what are we supposed to do? You know all the, all this all this type of stuff. So, you know when people hear that message from somebody that's sort of um, seen it, it's a uh, it's a really powerful uh, powerful thing, and that's a message that everybody should really listen to with uh, with with this. You know if they take anything from this is that you know I think you know if you could take that you know it's it's going to be okay. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing bad on the other side over there. Mm-mm. Nothing. Now, on a, this is completely random, but I've always been curious, and I've never, I've never asked you about this. What is your, what is your take on um, uh, past lives? Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Eat it up. Yes. Um, I've been regressed many, many times, mm-hmm. and have had incredibly profound experiences that cannot be made up. Um, I do believe that with the proper regressionist, I don't believe just anyone can or should regress people. Um, 
you know, I had a therapeutic style of regression, which meant that the woman who regresses is a therapist herself that, that specializes in how to walk you through. To me, uh, regression is like a lifetime of therapy in an hour. It's incredible. Um, my thought about it is complicated. <laughs> you know, science is complicated. Physics is complicated with this. It's, you know, we have this illusion that we live multiple lives at different times. But when the truth is, and this is when everything gets really wonky, but um, all of the lives we're living are happening right now. Even as you're watching to this, even as you're hearing this, we're living other lives through a conscious state, but we're kind of plugged in to this life. And my best analogy for this is, you know how you have a television and you can turn that television on and there are a thousand or more channels that you can tune into. That's sort of like how living all the lives work. There's all these channels happening at once because you can watch channel four and seven but you can't watch really channels four and seven. You can bounce back and forth between the two of them. Um, I'm sure there's TVs now that you can watch two at a time. <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know how to turn our TV on. <laughs> I can't stand the television remote. Um, but we're plugging into and focusing and bringing all our conscious awareness into this lifetime right now, which is why we're tuned into this life right now. During a regression, it's kind of like, oh, you know what? I'm was watching Channel Deborah, but I'd like to watch Channel Deborah in, you know, at a different time. So it's all happening at once. This is where we, this is when our brains start to hurt. And then why, why do we choose to, to tune into one over another? I think that's the question. Okay. <laughs> Literally, that's the that's question. The question. <laughs> so why, why are we, why are we choosing to tune into this particular? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And what that, teaches us is again dominion that we are choosing and this is something neil is really big about like you're choosing the life you're living and people can absolutely hate this because people say well why would i choose to be abused and why would i choose to have lack and i completely <clears throat> am sympathetic to that like why would we but this is a choosing not on the logical level but on like a deeper soul level but if we take that stance of we are choosing the life we're living right now, that puts us again in the driver's seat. I chose this, huh? What about this in my learning? Why did I choose this? I look at many different aspects of my life and go, oh my God, what the heck was I thinking when I chose that? <laughs> <laughs> it could have, hopefully I learned next time. But it all does make sense to me. Every event, favorable and unfavorable in my life makes complete sense to me as to why I would choose it in this lifetime. doesn't mean I like it. Okay. doesn't mean I want it. But it definitely starts making me go, oh, okay. All right, I've had these experiences because I need to know what this feels like and that feels like so that I can help people in those different scenarios and circumstances. I think if people start to think in terms of that, it'll definitely, I think that's probably does more than what a therapist could do in 20 seconds but also too a book that kind of relates to that is the five people you meet in heaven and i think if people read that they would understand because i mean let's go deep in that and say hey I, why would i choose to be abused but in the book it talks about how i don't want to spoil it for anyone but it talks about how okay yes you were put in this person's life and you were abused but maybe you were 
the you were abused, and I'm not saying this mm-hmm. in terms to try and diagnose anybody, but maybe you were abused in terms to show that person that was abusing you that, hey, whoa, that is not okay, and then he's going to meet somebody that's going to be like, like change his life course. So I think also, too, if people started to read more, and especially that book, that it all kind of all makes sense and kind of at least make people feel, yeah, that happened, okay, I understand, but I could, there's more to life than what I what happened to me, if that makes sense. Love him so much. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> uh, yes, but that that is the point. That is exactly it. Like, why did I choose this? Let's look at it that way. I I gave an example in the book of, you know, the person who's bullied in school and fourth grade, say, and they're you know devastated by being bullied, also could then become the person that does speaking about anti-bullying that changes lives. So even I had a brother who died when I was very young. That was not a good situation for my family as a whole, but it's because of that situation that I do what I do today. So his one life helped me help 20,000 others. So there, I do believe there's a great balance in the universe that we can't possibly conceive, but we, we really need to look at it that way. Again, it's all about empowerment and putting yourself in the place of empowerment, not in false, you know, false empowerment, but all right, what do I have to do next? Where am I going? What is this teaching me? What am I learning from this? What did I gain? Those are the questions to ask versus being stuck in, what was me? I can't do anything. You know, we can have those moments, but they need to be moments, not a lifetime. I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to read that book now. Oh, you'll love it. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. See, look, I'm even right. We're writing stuff down as we, as we, (laughs) as we, as we, as we go along. No, but Jack is very, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, and I tell Jack all the time too. I'm like, you know, I said, you're, you know, probably one of the few 22 years old. I would say here, here's a key to a, to, to a store and uh, go run it. You know, um, (laughs) you are definitely are wise uh, beyond your years and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, all the stuff that you've talked about, you know, it's sort of ingraining and, and, you know, it's nice when it, when it, when it, when it, when it comes out, you're, you're, you're going to do very well in, in life. Just don't rush it. <laughs> Appreciate don't rush that. It. <laughs> don't, exactly. don't, don't rush it. So you want to, you want to open the floor to some... I was just going to say, I forgot to, I said it in the chat box. I don't know if, if people are watching it, but, um, yes, Kelly, it's the five people you meet in heaven. She just commented, but if you guys want to ask any questions, um, at the end of every one of her shows, she does intuitive questions i think you're better to describe it than i am but if you want to take the floor and explain that sure intuitive questions are questions about the here and now the future you know i'm going to go for a job interview am i going to get the job or medical intuition there's stuff going on that you can't kind of pinpoint what's going on usually i'll trace it to more of an emotional event versus a um, diagnostic event just to help the emotional side of healing um, so questions about the here and now, not so much mediumship. Mediumship's difficult on this mm-hmm. in this way, you know. But yeah, if anyone has questions, I see a couple people on now. Hello, Eileen. Hello, Kelly. Did you also talk about like name vibrations too? Oh yeah, thank you. Um oh hey Kat, I just saw you there. Um name vibration. If you can give me the first and middle name of someone who's still living and I'll tune into their energy field and tell you a little bit about that person and their, their vibe, their strengths, their weaknesses. It's the pro of having living with a medium right there. <laughs> like, what do you, do what do, do you think about this, Ma? No, stay away. Okay. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> that we do do though. The kids will tell me names of 
people, they'll scroll through, say, Instagram, their friends or whatever, and they'll give me a name and I'll say, you know, that's yeah. a fun game. That's yeah, yeah. fun for us. <laughs> I love it. So let's open let's open it up, guys. So if anybody has any intuitive questions uh, for Deborah, we're going to uh, sit here and, uh, and and watch it. And then one, once pop, one pops up. I see Kelly has one. All right. Hello, Kelly. It's Damien Vincent is the name vibration. Um, instantly, I get the number like 14 or 24 or 4, so I don't know if that's his age. 14, 24, I see the 4 in the age. Don't know what that's totally about. Um, and I just saw Dan. So, Dan, you're next. Um, so Damien's someone who is like runs hard, goes hard at everything, like has a lot of intensity and then fizzles out or gets drained or gets like almost shy. There's a shyness that I don't think people would probably describe him as shy, but it's a shyness that he gets. So he goes hard at things, like he gets really motivated and then he peters out on, on you know, follow through. So what do you do with that? Uh, not much right <laughs> now. <laughs> He's kind of got to feel his way through that. Um, so let me know if that, that helps, if that's adequate, if that makes sense. Oh, we're getting lots of names here. It's so fun. Uh, Dan, you're writing Nicole Lauren. And what's interesting with names is, my sister's name is Lauren Nicole, by the way. Um, <laughs> but na the way we spell names changes the vibration around us. Nicole Lauren is very sure of herself. Good, good writer, like uh, as far as her journal or her journaling or writing her personal experiences. There's something very like deep and personal about her. She's private also, um, but she's got a good head on her shoulders. She's almost, I almost stand up taller when I tune into her. So I don't know if she has great posture, or if she's a dancer uh, or what that's about. Let's see, what's next? Who's next, Jack? Kelly said, thank you. He'll be 24 next month. Ah, so you're right. There you go. Look at that. In real time. In real time. <clears throat> This'll be a good year for, for Damien. Megan Clark asked, uh, Megan Ashley. Megan Ashley. My pause always freaks people out, by the way. Everyone's <laughs> always like, oh my gosh, what is she feeling? <laughs> and I just have to get a sense of the feeling. Um, Megan Ashley. She's a bit complicated, actually. She's, I don't know if she's very young, because um, she feels like she has a lot, or this must be you, obviously. I'm seeing the name, uh, spelled the same um there's a, a lot of complicated like conflict like i'm back and forth maybe indecision is probably a better word so i don't know if you if this is for you megan or if this is megan ashley is a different person um tells me that you're totally going back and forth on a decision there's like this massive indecision going on about a particular topic not just everything in life um but and everything feels kind of complicated around you or around this megan uh, doesn't mean it's bad. It just feels complicated, almost like you're overcomplicating everything. Hmm. And just to clarify, is it first and middle or is it first and last? First and middle. Okay. Yep. So we have Michael Kruckenberg, but I don't know if that's a middle or a last name, so I'll just give him a second to type the middle. Yep, and I think Elizabeth Percy. Do you see that name? Mine's been slow. Yeah, mine too. Okay, I see Elizabeth. So Elizabeth Martini is asking, that's a cool last name, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth Percy. It's so funny. Every every time I do intuitive questions, there's always a theme. Like everyone's either all asking about a job 
or everyone's only doing name vibration. It always fits a theme. So Elizabeth Percy, I get something funny with your tongue or if it's you or someone else, something with their tongue. I'm not quite sure what that is. It could be like you've been eating too much sour stuff or your tongue is raw or you have a tongue piercing. I don't think it's a piercing though, but something with the tongue feels strange to me. Not bad, not diagnosable, nothing like that. I just get into the tongue. Um, instantly I hear, this isn't coming off your name vibration so much, but instantly I hear this big job change for you and you have to be like literally pushed towards it. Like I hear someone pushing you towards this job change. Like you have to do it. Then uh, I see Bella S. Do you see that? No. By Sherry. I think it might be some of the users are private, so I can't see. Maybe they're oh. friends with you. Oh, okay. But um, we do have Michael Allen. They were here first, from what I see. Okay. Michael Allen. Michaels are always tough. Here's a Michael in general vibration. Not tough in a bad way. And there's no such thing as negative or bad in these things. Um, but Michaels typically are people who are very hardworking, and they are all about money and they're always like, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, but then they'll go and buy like a boat. So <laughs> I think they're careful with their money, to careful Michael. with the money, and then they buy a buy big a ticket boat. item. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, they don't make sense when it comes to money. Um, they're always gonna be worried about money. That's Michael's in general. Um, Michael Allen, he's a little bit more um, cautious overall. He's more, I see an, a very analytical, kind of over, not an overthinking in a bad way, but a methodical in his thinking. What do we have next? Yeah, Isabella Diana. Isabella Diana. I don't know if she just had a breakup or a friendship that lasted, but I, I see some sort of like break in a dynamic with a relationship. This is, this feels already happened. This isn't a prediction of something coming. So I think she's still recovering from this separation of some sort that could also be that like she moved away um there's been some sort of break not a broken bone not that kind of break break in a relationship um and i, I see something about her teeth <laughs> uh her teeth it's teeth come up so many times and everything i do it it worries me because the teeth come up so much i'm like take care of your teeth because it comes up from the other side but i don't know if she has like a beautiful smile or she's trying to change her smile um but something about her her teeth. Who's next? Adriana Jordan. Adriana Jordan. I'm almost hearing, I would say it also Adriana, but I'm hearing it's Adriana, so you have to let me know if that's correct, because I would read it Adriana as well. Um, she feels like... Um, Hear me out when I say this, because I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to explain it. So um, there's something about her energy that she's like a wrecking ball, <laughs> but that's in a good way. Like she bulldozes her way through like the BS in life. So you can't, you can't really pull the wool over her eyes, but she's like a little bit like a wrecking ball, a bulldozer, but it, it works for her. It probably doesn't feel good for everyone around her, but there's this wrecking ball vibe. And if, if this makes sense too, it's really helpful for you to like share also mm. afterwards, like that makes sense or, you know, yeah, they just got their teeth redone or whatever, whatever happens. Like Elizabeth wrote. Thank you. 
Yeah, also too, like it doesn't have to be name vibrations. I don't know if they heard us earlier, but it could also be from my, what I've seen. Oh, am I going to get this job? Is this going to work out? Is this relationship worth it? Like there's other questions too. Yeah, and I always feel like, in, and especially in New York at this time of year, I everyone is asking, am I ever going to move south? <laughs> sure. So that's a big question people always ask about moving. Who's next? 100% correct, Jean. Excellent. You have uh, Clarice Marie. Clarice. Whenever I hear Clarice, I think of a Oh, totally, land. totally. <laughs> Clarice. <laughs> Which is amazing because our, our, our mind... Um, does make these associations with all the time in life. So Clarice is definitely one of those names that comes up and thinks Silence of the Lambs. But thankfully, Brandy, your Clarice is <laughs> not like that. She is a little, um, I'll use the word ornery. There's a little prickliness to Clarice, maybe a little judgmental or critical. It's not a bad thing. Again, none of these things are bad. It's just like an observation. We have to not, we have to stop thinking of things as being good or bad. Um, but Clarice feels like she, she's definitely someone, if you want her opinion, then you can ask it. But if you really don't want her opinion, don't ask it. Cause she'll give you her opinion. She's not going to tell you what she, what you want. She's to not, hear. she's not going to give the fluff. She's not going to, she's going to tell you how it is. Totally. Yo, totally. Everybody needs a friend like that in Absolutely. their life. Absolutely. We really do. <laughs> you'd, you'd like, you like, you want them like, Hey, tell me. And then when they tell you what you, what you don't, then you tell you what you don't want to hear. Like, Oh man, I should never ask that question. <laughs> totally. Good Lord. I always tell people that too. Before you ask about your relationships, like oh. let me know if you really want to know. Do, do, do you do you really want to do? Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, no. Yep. And exactly. you know what? That that's funny that you bring that up. How how often do you come across somebody that really doesn't want to hear what you have to say? <laughs> because besides I mean, your kids, yeah, besides <laughs> besides, besides <laughs> your kids, exactly. Um, for the most part, people are wanting to hear what I'm saying because that's why they're hiring me. But um, I'll never forget the first time that I did a reading for a young woman and she was asking about a relationship and she was about 24, 25 at the time. And I was like, no, this, no, this is not it. This is not good. And she was crying and arguing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is the person I'm going to marry. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm feeling a no and I don't need, I might be wrong, but I can't tell you yes if I'm feeling a no. I remember being so sad and like, oh my God, I probably ruined this girl and really taught me a lot about how to say things to people and, you know, and it turned out to be, you know, very clear case of, yeah, no, I won't go into the details. Um, but she was the first person. She's, she actually passed away very young, that, that woman. She stays in my mind forever because she's the first one that taught me to, to be sensitive and to be careful the way you say things to people. Wow. So it's hard. It is hard. But you are paying me to tell you what I really feel. I could be wrong. Like Neil says, I'm not saying that I'm always right. I mean, I do say I'm always right, but that's kind of me being snarky <laughs> sure. and obnoxious. But take what myself and any intuitive says with a grain of salt and then test it. See if it's coming true. Maybe I'm totally off with you and that would be a human of me. So I've just been testing you all these years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing well. <laughs> and I think something too is that when what people don't realize is when 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 you when you tell somebody something, I, that doesn't that doesn't mean that has to be your, you. You can make a change. Totally. You can you ha, you can then decide that you know that that path you're going to totally. to take. Totally. And similarly, sometimes it's helpful to know like it can't change, so you can stop trying to make it change. 
it could go either way, you know, where you can kind of drop that finally for now, you know, so, so I've seen it go that way as well. You know, if you say, no, you're not, you're not going to move out of your parents' home until you're 14. Well, why did 14? I'll be really young now. I was gonna say till 30, but then I thought, oh, let's not put that out into the universe. But, you know, I'm just trying to say, yeah, (laughs) in general, oh, I was gonna say, dang, so you can stay till you're 90. Your your mom wants you to want you guys to stay, you have a nice little, nice little little, little compound of uh, right, cave boys, uh, cave boys coming in there. We actually have a a question here, um, from, from Sandy Rivera. Hi, Deborah. Will I ever retire out of New York? Oh, see, I'm telling you, this is this is the hot question, especially as we get into the winter time. Um, so this is like a good example of asking the question so you can kind of let it go for now and not let it preoccupy. I don't think this is anytime imminent. And I think you know that, Sandy, I don't think you're thinking you're going to retire in two years or so. I think you're looking in the big game, like maybe 10 years, maybe eight. Um, and this will come down to whether you, this is going to sound dumb and obvious, but it's whether you decide to retire out of New York, it's not going to be a situation where you can't retire out of New York. So there, if you stay in New York, it's totally because you decided, no, I need to stay here. And right now you're probably like, no, 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 I'm never going to, I'm, I'm leaving. I need to go. But it'll be your decision. I think it's probably six to 10 years off.